When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. It's all the news, all the fall live daily on SEM Track. <laughs> he juggles the mark at the front. Ball to Springer, the magic man. He's done again. Jake Springer, the everywhere man. He says the chance to get through. Bontempelli! Simply the bot! Gives it to Gord. Willie from 55. Oh, he will. He can. He does. He gave it to Dusty. Martin. Goal. Tigers in front. At the final bell, it's a grand. Seven years of torment eased, and a curse lifted. Melbourne Premiers in 2021. AFL Nation. It was the night put aside for the prospect of Lance Franklin kicking his 1,000th goal. The prime time of the Friday night slot, the natural home of the SCG. The tremendous sense of anticipation right across the football world. It was, I imagine, predicated on the idea that he would kick more than one goal in the opening round. And so the equation's just a little tricky. It's a bit like forecasting day five of a test match. Can he pick off the four required from 9.96? And it happens in a pretty great environment too because the match itself is enticing. You could make the case that the Swans and the Cats were the two best winners of round one and here they are meeting on Friday night footy. The Sydney Swans and Geelong is our fair Lance Franklin picks up the chase at 996 goals. Jared Waitley with you on AFL Nation. Anthony Hudson has made the trip with me to the SCG. Hello, hello. And delighted to be here, Jared. Uh, good evening uh, to everyone. It does coincide uh, with the fifth day of a test match as well, which we will keep an eye on in uh, matters in Pakistan. But uh, we have seen already extraordinary changes in the weather since we've got here. We looked and heard the forecast that it didn't look great at all coming up here, which has added another degree of difficulty to, to Buddy kicking the four goals. It was fine when we got here. It was fine when we got to the hotel. But when we got in the car to come to the SCG, we got absolutely pounded. It flooded in an instant um, on the way here. But it's all clear now. We've, uh, we've got out amongst the atmosphere on the way here, had a, a bite to eat across the road. And uh, it, does, it feels like a really big night. It's, and as, as I said at the moment, it's beautiful weather. And let's hope Buddy at least can kick two or three and just tease us and give us the reason why we came up here to, to witness this firsthand because he has given us so much joy over so many years. So we've warmed up by watching YouTube clips of Jason Dunstall reaching the thousands, yes. of Gary Ablett yes. reaching the thousand, and who was on duty on those occasions. I wonder if our co-commentator tonight remembers who was on duty when Gary Ablett kicked his hundred. Jared Healy, welcome. A thousand. I've got to say, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we tossed this up whether you'd remember it or not. No, I was here when Buddy, when uh, Plugger kicked 
the most, well, the second most famous point, Barry Breen. If uh, Barry Breen was the most famous, he was, uh, Plugger's point here was the most famous. And I was sitting next to a commentator who had a Sydney Swan scarf on, but he was no way known as Sydney Swan supporter. <laughs> he was making it up for the TV. But, Jared, I want to congratulate you first up. Right. Because I think on behalf of the whole footy world, you made an impassioned plea last week for Phil Davis to lift, and he did lift. And he did the right thing by the whole competition and by the history of this game that Buddy Franklin did not kick his thousandth goal out in the cow paddock, I think you described it, (laughs) in the West. It was a fantastic game, I've got to say. But, uh, no, congratulations to you. Your power uh, and influence uh, knows no boundaries. But this is a bloody good game. I'm really excited to get here. I didn't, I've been here for about an hour, and I didn't see the rain. There's been a little bit of drizzle, so the ground's going to be fantastic. And we've got a side that is now playing like Tom Hafey was coaching them. Yes. I know Tom has been gone for a bit, but his influence still remains. When he was coach here, he had one theory. He was, he was just a territory man. Kick it long, bypass players, run up. And Geelong have gone from slow, chip, 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 to kick it long, get it into Tommy, get it into Jeremy, bypass players, run up. So it's a blast from the past. It definitely works at this, uh, at this ground. And the Swans, well, they're just uh, continuing their involvement. With Buddy such a flavour tonight, and then hopefully we're basking in it tomorrow on Crunch Time. Dermot Brereton is part of the pre-match. Hello to you, Derm. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, Jared. Gerald, how are you? And Hutto, good to see you. Good to have you on board, Dermot. Uh, we've got two mad Geelong supporters over there, so you and I are the Swan supporters. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're more, much more of an ex-Swan than I am. Uh, uh, just a well, handful I'm, I'm of games. You along. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, you don't want to be, you don't want to be on the footage that is remembered throughout time as the team that the milestone was achieved against. I mean, Mel Michaels out Mel there Michael, somewhere yeah. going, oh, please, not again. Don't show that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Alistair Clarkson, he put four on Fev the night he was yeah. slated to kick his 100, and it never happened. So we never see that footage anymore. You just – coaches hate it. They don't want it to be against their team. When we were looking back at Gary Ablett's thousandth goal, the ball bounces cruelly over the head of Stephen O'Reilly. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it bamboozles him absolutely and opened Ablett up for the shot at goal. And then Jared Healy provides the punctuation oh, mark to it. Yes, it's there on YouTube. <laughs> and, and, and you're only telling some of the story because another member of the commentary team was there that day, Jared. Mm-hmm. You. I was. So. You in the cheer squad? Yeah, it was, well, not. Our seats at Kidinia Park were down the end where okay. he kicked it. And his first shot to bring up 999, yep. we all ran onto the ground. I was old enough to know better. We all ran onto the ground, but it was a behind. I would so be we surprised. Did it twice. Well, I'm glad you got involved, and I wouldn't be surprised if John Longmire ran out and said, Well, thank God that's over. Uh, let's get on with the business. <laughs> Will he get there tonight, Dermot? Will he kick four? Yeah, I think Geelong are pretty good. I think they're pretty good. I think he'll go desperately close. If he kicks straight, he'll get there. I think he'll get four shots away. Okay. But the likeliness is that he'll kick three-something. 
Can I ask you, Dermot, about Geelong? Because you just said they're pretty good. They remind me of uh, the old Hawks, where Mike Sheen used to write them off uh, year after year <laughs> after year. And uh, by about round three on the couch, he said, I might have got them. I've been a bit harsh on them. <laughs> well, I reckon there'd be a lot of pundits right now who declared that the catch would be the sliders. and uh, Some of them Geelong supporters as well, Jared. I'm sure there's plenty of Geelong supporters. But it's it's been a significant change in methodology if you can base it on round one. And why wouldn't you get it in there quickly if you've got Tom Hawkins and uh, Jeremy. Jeremy Cameron down there? Yeah, the one thing I've loved about the opening round and a bit of football so far, forever and a day, look, forwards such as myself have been crying out, oh, please, just get the ball in motion. Yep, forwards yep. are screaming out for the ball to be in fluid motion. We can see that. It unfolds in front of our eyes and we can predict where it's going to go just and get that half step on the backman. And it kind of happens on occasions, but then coaches go, oh, we've been scored against on the, on the flip, on the uh, return volley. Uh, no, we'll, we'll go back to playing a straight bat and, and cover our options. But in this opening, uh, what are we, uh, nine games, there's been teams just throwing caution to the wind. I, I, I still look at last night and think the second quarter the Carlton threw up, the running yep. power they pushed through the middle of the ground in the second quarter was something that the Dogs backmen just couldn't contend with. And, and that's where I thought the major break in the game was. So I'm loving seeing teams like Geelong take the game on and the opposition backmen are sitting back going, well, we're not used to seeing this avalanche come so quickly at us. How do we defend? It's, it's something... going to last, though, Jim. Yeah, yeah, well, that's yeah. why I thought last night was the most important game of the year so far because there's been a lot of uh, dooms day predictors saying it's going to put, you know blow out of steam by round four. But last night, Durham, was another one where, as you rightly pointed out, it may have been the quickest game we've seen this year. And the question is, why? why? Why has every coach all of a sudden said, or not every coach, but nearly every coach suddenly said, let's go quickly? Is it because the corridor is so hard to penetrate? Is it because we've just worked out that if you want to win a premiership, you've got to play like Richmond? Melbourne certainly played like Richmond. Is it as simple as that? Well, the, the best teams in every footballing code in the world score. Uh, it's, it's, I think there's a simplicity and a beauty to that. If you want to win games, you've got to score. And if you can outscore the opposition, I know. And it's easy to teach defence. It's a lot easier. Hutto, you've heard me say many, many times, you can teach any monkey to defeat, into defence. You just throw them down there and say, follow this bloke, punch it when it comes close. But there, there obviously is clearly much more than that. But... Yeah, I think while you've got a little bit of rope at the start of the season, see what your players can do. At, at some stage, we know a few teams will start hauling them in, putting the what are the big what do they do on that cartoon show? The big hook in exit stage left. Just put yep. the hook on them and say, hold it up, whoa, a little bit there, and they'll get a little bit jittery and they'll try and hold up the the, the running forward and they'll try and set up behind it so they don't get rebound scored against, but. It's, it really is attractive to watch at this point in time. Yeah, I'll be really fascinated to see if it does slow down because what I'm seeing in the first uh, 10 games are sides pushing up forward, really pushing into the uh, forward line and trying to cut that first handball, cut that first kick, which means you then have to get it out more quickly. I, 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 look, I'm praying. I've been praying for a long time the fast footy returns. And, uh, gee, it's been exciting to see these professional athletes going hard and scoring because that was that was where I thought the game would be 
30 years ago when I gave it away. And yet it went through these this slow, laborious period and, and we are, we've emerged a couple of times. Geelong emerged and they, they reinvented the wheel and then it went back to slow and laborious and then all of a sudden the cats and the demons have uh, taken it to the competition. Jared, in, in the world of paper, scissor, rock though, fast yep. footy, the natural enemy of fast footy is tackling. And if the umpires, and they've shown signs of, not as much as they predicted they would or said they would at the start of the year, if the umpires have shown a, uh, uh, a want to penalise players for holding the ball a little bit more readily, the natural enemy of the running game tackling will become much, much more prevalent and that could put a, a seize it up a little bit again. Yeah, I think that's uh, the eye of the beholder, Dermot. You and I have different views on this. But I've got to say, you know, there'd be half a dozen free kicks. I thought, well, that's harsh, but it's so early. But it's, I think they, the changes to the the expectation that you'll get rid of the ball as soon as you're tackled, I think it's been well implemented. I think it has, And I yeah. think it's been really good for the game. Uh, yeah, no, there's a couple they got wrong, but yeah, there's a couple of decisions everywhere. They don't make as many errors as the players, and that's the beauty of our game. No offside rule, there's plenty of errors. In our pre-match tonight, we're going to head over to the West and speak with the Eagles. They're trying to muster up a team now. It's due to be lodged in two and a quarter hours. So the the ring around is going on for all sorts of fill-ins. And it was only half tongue-in-cheek that Adam Simpson said, once we get a group together, we'll travel and sit down and get to know each other (laughs) before we play. So uh, there is, uh, we find ourselves in round two right there. And all of the questions which have been theoretical for a few months are very, very real tonight. This was always a chance of happening and. uh, the Eagles and uh, the Sandful and the South Australian, sorry, the WA clubs and the South Australian clubs are always the most exposed because they haven't been able to do the deal that uh, the Melbourne clubs have been able to do. Um, and I understand the reasons why. But I think it, it sort of plays on this, this question that I think is lingering over the whole competition now, and that is uh, how do we pay for AFLW? Last week, Steve Hocking put on the agenda, we cut the list to 35 we do that, we go back to eight players going off to all other clubs all over the place. And, and that is a really, really difficult scenario for each and every club. So we're seeing it firsthand today with uh, Simo running out of players because he didn't get the backups. So Should just the game go ahead? Oh, I think you have to yep. because Gillen put the flag in the sand. And, and where do you stop? I mean, if a club loses six players, do you stop? If it loses ten players, I mean... They may fall for the game. They're playing against the Kangaroos. They're going to finish down the bottom. I think we all expect that to happen. But it's it's tough titties, really. It's uh, the game. The, the competition is is going to have to keep on moving. So the names, Jared. What are the names that will be excluded from travelling because of these uh, COVID protocols for the Eagles? Do you, do we have them? I haven't read the full list yet. So I don't think they've given us. The no, list, no. So but they're saying big numbers. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, Simo said today only 18 or 19 from the primary list are available wow. and five had become, 10 had become. So we're the, the GM of footy at the Eagles will join us after I seven. know Kennedy was one of the ones that... Uh, yeah, he was uh, already out. Yeah, he yep. was. Uh, so we'll do that and yep. we'll look back at the, the Blues and the Bulldogs from last night. But just a, a, just a bit of a scene setter to each member of the team. So to Dermot, to you first, what's Buddy been for you to watch as... You've been at you're at Hawthorne, right at the start. So you've you've seen him up close, and you've seen him as a commentator. You will have admired him as uh, as the previous generation. What's Buddy meant to you? 
obviously an amazing showman, and we, we can talk about the feats and some of the passages of play he's committed to, but if, if somebody from another planet said, describe this bloke, I'd say he's the best athlete footballer we've ever seen that, that you can't match up properly on. He, he, he has the pace of somebody who should be playing on the wing. He has the size of somebody that should be playing in the ruck. He has the um, um, foot-kicking skills of somebody who, who is you know, a Brownlow medalist. He can do everything except mark overhead, which makes it ironic that he's arguably... He's going to be up there with the best key position player of all time, and he couldn't mark overhead. <laughs> How could if you had said that to me twelve years ago, I'd have said no. It's impossible to actually be a key forward and be that way. But wow, is that? I think that's why Phil Davis plays him so well. He he actually seizes on that opportunity and forces him to lead up or mark over his head. But yeah, he is the most extraordinary athlete we have seen in that size and shape. Jared, well. I look at him as just one of the great assets of the game. When he first came on, I thought, have a look at this bloke. He is going to be one of those special group that drag people through the gates where everybody barracks for this bloke. Every kid in every state wants him to play for their particular club. And we've had them right through history. John Coleman was a guy that um, famously has been written about for decades. I think he kicked 12 on debut, which puts into perspective... The, the bag that uh, we were talking about on debut, or the bags uh, for a couple of kids who kicked five. Then, on this very ground, you had Kappa, who I mean, he was the most famous name probably outside of Greg Norman for about two or three years as a sportsman in the country. He was big in Darwin, he was big in Melbourne. Ablett, Lockett. And they're very, very rare, Dermot. They've, I mean, incredibly rare. There's great clubs drag crowds through. Great players. Normally, they're superstar forwards that can kick goals, take big hangers. There's been no one more influential than Kappa and Ablett and probably Lockett in in my time in footy, but this bloke is right up there with them. Hutto, you've, you've provided the soundtrack to so many of his moments when you look at these packages in, in the build-up to the to the 1,000 goals. Yeah, I mean, I firstly, echo what both the other guys have said, and particularly the Jared point, like you, you know, growing up with in that generation, looking up to those key forwards like Ablett and Lockett and Dunstall, and obviously particularly for as a Geelong fan, Gary Ablett, and he's the closest thing, and from a supporter's point of view, which is magnified as a commentator it's whenever he goes near the ball mm. you know something's going to happen and then but you just you can't you think back to those moments those the hooker goals the one that was replicated um in adelaide bruce who called brilliantly the mcg goal where that's a hurdle and kicks a special mcg goal i mean some of those moments and and you know i was lucky enough to see him kick that big bag and kick the the 13 goals and i thought i'd given it the best shot when he kicked his 12th and then i mean that's what made it what it was i suppose because he did oh make sure you kicked another one how do you do that give us one give us just give us a, a third no i mean we don't, time, so. we, we don't need that uh, <laughs> we don't need that but i was working with you that day hello yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was really well called. It was an excite exciting day and it was a bad day. There was bits of drizzle and yeah. rain. If you said once again, if you said a key forward will kick 13 today at, at uh, um down in Tassie with drizzly rain and on and off during the day, you're out of your cotton picking mind. It's a it's a moment in history 
that will uh, be watched for years and years, and it'll be interesting to see the handball between the two commentators uh, when he gets close. Play it as it comes, Jared. Who is on? I can remember uh, Sandy Roberts. Uh, that's not a goal. That's a party trick. Yeah. I mean, these these calls, uh, you know, if they're the right call, they go down in history. Question without notice, have you two guys rehearsed what you may or may not say? I, I, I know... It, it, it can be changed because of the way it happens. But have you put any time into what you might say? What I've thought about is what I'd like it to look like. Right. So <laughs> Me too. On the run, on or the run yeah, from left half forward. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Just to, so Shane Warne had a way about him. His 700th was his, his homage to the Gatting Ball. Yeah. It was the most magnificent delivery to get through Strauss. Yeah. The 1,000th deserved to be something more than... A kick from the top of the goal yeah, square, yeah, or yeah. a free something kick. on the run through left half forward. That's, a that's how I think. <laughs> Although I reckon a set shot from this side, from just outside, just on the fifty, so we can watch that shape, you know, because yes. that gives us the build up. But you ask about lines, Jared, and you go, well, if he's coming in for a set shot, do you do the big build up, <laughs> and then he misses? What do you do the next yeah, time? Uh, very good point. Huh? Can I give you the, the, the one of the funniest things in history? That I uh, of Lance's oh, history. To a story. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it was beautiful, and it, it does besmirch a little bit, but take it with a, a grain of salt, and I'll clean it up. Lance is playing like his first handful of games, and he's playing against Richmond, and the poor bloke I'm about to mention wasn't even playing, and he's wheeled out of a pack, and he's kicked a goal from. 55 out, and as you called it, Jared, yeah, it sailed, you know, to the top of the goal square, and then it swung back to the left and went through. And Richmond are known for their supporters who can come up with these lines. And as it went through, the Hawthorne crowd cheered, and it went that, you know, that one second of silence when the crowd stops? Yeah. Somebody in the Richmond crowd yelled out, Bugger you, Tambling! <laughs> Just gave it to him. <laughs> he wasn't even on the ground, poor bloke. <laughs> Cleaned uh, up the, somewhat. <laughs> the Hyundai Staria Load is the van that is big on safety and big on tech. It's the only commercial van to receive five-star rating and platinum awards from safety uh, for safety from ANCAP. And now it's yours from 47990 Drive Away. Take a tech drive today. I see Phil Davis is here. Is he? Jared, he's part of the Channel 7 commentary team. He's not going to try to thwart him again. Is he? Tonight's his night. And do you believe in Carlton, Jared Hill? Oh, absolutely, I do. I think that uh, they've had much better potential over the last couple of years than they've shown. And it does appear to me as if the marriage of Voss and this particular group with a couple of recruits, really smart recruits, bolstering your midfield. You want to go up the ladder, bolster your midfield, particularly when you've got a couple of emerging superstar forwards. Um Right now, they're playing as footy as good as it's been played for the last couple of years. So why wouldn't you be a believer? Damn it. Something about them that suggests this group under this regime is a little different. Yeah, you, you have to believe. Now, they're going to lose some along the way. Nobody, well, I don't think anybody ever has gone through undefeated. Maybe one team in the history of the game. They're going to lose a few along the way. But the way they are doing it, um, yeah. Fantastic. The pressure they're bringing. I tell you what, to see Harry stand up against Alex Keith. Keith's a big man. Mm. And when he stood shoulder to shoulder, he dwarfed him. McKay, McKay dwarfed him. 
He looked like a flanker standing next to him. And then you got Charlie up forward. I do love a team, as long as you can get other areas of the ground right, if you've got two key forwards that both have potency, yeah, it's an enormous asset. Yeah, I reckon Tom DeConing may actually usurp Charlie. I think Charlie's going to be seen as the third eventually. I know he was a big goal kicker last night, but gee, that DeConing, he really, he looks to me like a player that in two years' time we are just going to be saying, wow, how do you stop McKay and DeConing at the same time? And He's not grabbing all his opportunities, but he's a beautiful kick. He's better kick than McKay straight like a, just a drop punt. Uh, but McKay was hitting those round the corners magnificently last night. But, gee, I, I see that those three, if uh, Charlie can keep his legs together, uh, as being unbelievably dangerous for yeah, a I don't long think, time. I don't think Charlie's even got his full agility back yet. And he's kicked five against last year's runner-up. How perfect a start was it for him last night? I mean, he was poor last week. He looked as if he he shouldn't have been there. Mm. And the opening bounce out of the centre, drops in his hands. He plays on nervously, kicks it round the corner. The, the weight off his shoulders would have been extreme. He gave us a huge highlight, got the whole group flying. I mean, from that point in time, Luke Beveridge would have been thinking, oh, no. Oh, no, this is going to be a tough <laughs> night tonight. Any concerns on the dogs? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, Derm. Yeah. Look, you, you, you're zero two. You, you're in for a real fight. I mean, they look as if they need another tall forward. I mean, they're getting it in there enough. They're not playing with the same zest as they did in the last six weeks last year, but uh, certainly nothing that's keeping you awake at the moment. They were very good at stopping the opposition moving the ball forward last year, but they just couldn't contend with Carlton in that second quarter. The way they came out, the way Carlton came off their half-back line... You just felt, and I'd, and if you're a Carlton supporter, keep going and keep roaring and yelling because it was so exciting to see the Blues just charge forward with the footy. You just had this feeling that they were about to complete each play and get a shot at goals. Uh, it, it worries me that the Doggies weren't able to, like last year on most occasions, thwart the movement of the opposition's ball carry through the middle of the ground between the two arcs. The irony is that English is playing really good footy. Yeah. And uh, there was a weakness last year for them. And he's, he's still he, being the ruck work, not quite so. Yeah, much. I mean, they got a few hits to advantage against last night. But, uh, gee, around the ground, he's just continuing to improve. And he was, one, he was probably the best ruckman of the round last week. It's We're not, at the SCG. It's Friday night footy. It'll be the Sydney Swans and Geelong. We're going to touch base with both camps. We're going to head over to Perth, Dermot Brereton and Jared Healy on duty. This is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles, Australia's biggest. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. And Geelong, arguably the best two winners of the previous rounds and... The pickup of the chase for a thousand for Buddy Franklin, who's on nine hundred and ninety-six. The pregame show on AFL Nation tonight's game is brought to you by Bingley, Australian family-owned for over sixty-five years. Jared Waitley, Anthony Hudson, Jared Healy here at the MC at the SCG, and Dermot Burton with us in our pregame. We're heading down into the Swans camp. Jared McVeigh, Jared, always great to have you on AFL Nation. Welcome. Good evening, boys. Thanks for having me. I'll take the tension out of it right at the start. Is he going to get four? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, if he gets four, I think we'll be in a good position. We're playing well. Look, I don't know. You, you know, Geelong's uh, defence is obviously extremely experienced, and and that's been the hallmark of their game for years. So, uh, look, we hope we can get it done, but uh, but more importantly, the win, obviously. I saw you uh, running today, uh, Jared. Uh, only about an hour and a half ago, you looked fit enough to play. Well, I didn't think you recognised me because I was going too fast. So. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, uh, yeah, just went to pick the, my young daughter up from school down in Bondi and, uh, and I nearly hip and shouldered you. <laughs> yeah, I got out of your way pretty quickly. Um, you must be thrilled with so much young talent coming through. You were the one of the young guys, one, you know, at the start of a previous outstanding era. But uh, I don't think the Swans have ever had a group this deep all playing through the midfield. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, just looking at the guys in front of me here now, we didn't have Chad Warner last week, who's pre-season probably been the best out of all of them. So it's exciting for him tonight to play first game. Um, and then, you know, Logan's been in some pretty good form as well. And just, yeah, that mix through through the midfield. You know, we saw Joey Kennedy have to play half-back last week, which is a, you know, a different role for him. But that goes to show um, the depths that we do have through that midfield and, you know, they're very hungry. They've got power and speed, you know, which is what's required at AFL level now. Jared Dermott here. How are you going, mate? I'm going well, mate. Thank excellent, you. Excellent, excellent. Hey, uh, it's all about Lance tonight. I mean, I know the coaching group, you want the four points, but it's about Lance. Tell us, we we know he's going to get to 1,000. He's got four to go. It's not this week. It'll be next week, and heaven forbid, might be the week after. Uh, how's his body beyond 1,000 goals? Look, he's, um, he's had probably his best pre-season over the last four uh, this year, you know, which was great. Um, you know, Touchwood, he didn't have any injury issues, so that was um, really pleasing uh, for him to just get miles in the legs, kilometres in the legs, and, you know, get that high-speed running that he needs to do because he hadn't trained, obviously, for, you know, a few years back. He didn't train at all. So I think being out there and just improving, you know, he always wants to improve, so it's been great to have him out there and, then working with the synergy of our younger forwards, you know, for Logan and, and Hayden McLean has been great, you know, to be able to train beside him as well. It's such Jared, a pun- but- oh sorry, Jared, it's such a punishing position for him to play. Uh, when he yeah. first got that big decade contract, I thought, oh well, they bought him and they'll amortise it out over the decade, but they'll get five years out of him or so. But are you are you surprised at his longevity? Are you surprised at just how durable he's been, notwithstanding that that year where he couldn't really train and only rolled out on match day? Yeah. Oh yeah. Look, yeah. I mean, ten years. Geez, it's a long contract, isn't it? Yeah. yeah you, pre- you you probably do have those thoughts, but you know, I think we've managed him really well, and um, and also on game day, every opponent he comes up against or defence, you know, it's their grand final basically for mm. you know to play on one of the greats, and you know, so he's, he's having to deal with you know guys who want to play out of their skin to beat him. So you know, for a champion like that to deal with that, and then um, the contract, and then the expectation, obviously tonight with with hopefully a, you know a sold out crowd, um, you know, he, he he handles himself extremely well, and um, you know, he's a pleasure to be around and. You know, hopefully, um, you know, he can get it done pretty quickly. Just having a look at a couple of young players, uh, Chad Warner's in the side, and I take it Angus Sheldrick is going to be the uh, injury sub. They've spent the last 20 minutes uh, having pot shots at goal, about 80% of them are from the boundary line, and they're slowly starting to work their way in. They're actually a better percentage conversion from the boundary line at the moment than they are when they're kicking drop punts on a 45-degree angle. Well, I might tell him to move over. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, they're, um, 
No, look, they're, um, you know, sometimes they actually spend too much time out here. You know, they want to get a feel for it all, but there's also just conserve some energy and the young players are, they probably don't think through that stuff as well too much. Um, so it's important that they don't run around too much out here and, and, uh, and, and waste your legs. Well, you're, only a, you're only a couple of metres away from uh, Chad Warner. You, if he kicks another behind, I want you to send him in. <laughs> <laughs> Keep watch. Hey, Jared, last week I was wrapped for the way the Sydney Swans went about it. Uh, they got to a stage in the game, and, and for a young group, you could smell it. They sensed a kill. They sensed blood in the water. And whereas they'd been... You know, running hard when required, but there was still a, I need to defend if this on the rebound if it goes that way. But when they got a smell of that blood in the water, they just were all in, and there was a real kill aspect about them. Yeah, you're right. And, yeah, yeah, we could sense that also because we spoke a little bit about uh, just, uh, throughout the week, the arm wrestle. Um, yep. You know, both teams are going to have it, but there's that point in time where, you know, you kick a couple and then it's like, all right, here we go, as you said, and, and the, their pressure went right up through the roof, and then um, they got that sniff, which is um, exciting to see for a young group to have that feel um, in a game. Uh, but the arm wrestle was something we definitely spoke about, and you know, keep pushing back, keep pushing back, and you know our run allowed that as well, which was uh, you know great to see. The Cats were brutal last week. Their contested numbers uh, through the roof. They've been a great contested ball side for a long period of time, and uh, historically the Swans have, but it, that's dropped off over the last period of time. Is is that a focus coming into this match? Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, you know, they, I think they were 40 up uh, last week against Essendon, so that's um, a massive area that we're focused on this week. But also, you know, our, our pressure gauge has, ha, uh, has been in the top couple in the comp over the last year, so you know, there's a bit of, um, you know, to and fro there, but... We definitely, you know, most games are won in the midfield, aren't they? So, um, you know, they're a formidable team with uh, with Dangerfield in there probably more last week. Um, you know, it's going to be a real fight uh, through the clinches in there and um, and then you get the field position from that, especially here at the SCG. Jared, you're highly touted. Uh, there's a strong view that uh, at some stage, if you want to do it, you'll be uh, a senior coach. If you were took the top man, what would you prioritise the most? Would you prioritise pressure? Or contested ball winning? Uh, oh, you probably go through your defence and, and, and the pressure. Um, you know, those areas, I think, have changed a little bit in footy. Um, you know, the pressure gauge is, you know, the new buzzword, I guess. But, you know, we feel and I feel that that's, you know, a real barometer for our team. Um, yep. And obviously having a strong defensive uh, mindset to go with that, um, you know, which then allows you to... Uh, to use your offence to a different degree, you know, when you do pressure well because you're set up in really good positions. Yeah, I just wanted to ask one on Buddy. Um, have you got a moment or a match that stands out for you for Bud playing with him? Oh, geez, yeah, there's a few. Um, oh, probably over this pocket over here against Port Adelaide, he kicked one yeah. Yeah. from maybe 20 metres behind Luke Parker over there. With, you know, probably 70 out. Uh, there was a full house here on a Saturday afternoon, I think it was, and that was... You know, a really special one, you know, against a strong team. Um, I was a few. Um, I remember one time he wasn't training to, uh, at all. He had a really sore knee. And, uh, you know, we put him out of the team. Then he came in to horses off and said, play me. I won't let you down. We played Frio. He had zero touches in the first half. Um, but then he ended up kicking five and winning the game. So his, his mental capacity to play through injuries is something, um, you know, that I've never seen. 
And, Jared, so this is the first game at this ground since June last year. It was round 13, and you're all shuttled off to other parts of the country. Is it nice to be back? Yeah, it's great. Um, I saw the line out the front. It's a, it's a big line, so hopefully the crowd's big. But it's nice to be, uh, to be home and, um, you know, to be able to play in front of fans again. It's, um, you know, the players do love it, obviously. And, um, you know, the atmosphere tonight hopefully is, uh, is through the roof. And, um, you know, we all get a thrill from that. Jared, great to have you with us. Good luck for what's to come. Yeah, thank you, guys. Jared McVeigh from the Swans coaching staff joining us in the pregame over the phone for Southern Phone. Awesome new sim-only offers from Southern Phone. That was the that was the one I forgot. That Port Adelaide game, I was lucky enough to be calling that. That and was that, the give him the longer contract. Give him a longer contract, which was a joke, but now it might happen. <laughs> it might happen. It might. Well, he's not going to retire at the end of this year, would he? Probably not. Oh. Gee, with um, yeah, uh, what's her name, the tennis player, uh, uh, mentally, Ash Barty. Ash Barty. Ash Barty. You remember her? Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, just <laughs> mentally blocked on it. Um, she retired at the top of her game. Yes, she did, but um, Buddy hasn't won Wimbledon yet, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's he has, still got a couple of challenges. He, he has won a flag. Yeah, but not in the red and the white. And I reckon that would be the crowning glory of his career uh-huh. if he could uh, if he could beat it. And he, he doesn't have to be the main man as he was the last time uh, he had a crack. He, oh, he let me be, tell you, Jared. Oh, yeah, Buddy wants to be the main man. <laughs> he will always want to be the main man. It's the lunch break in Lahore. Pakistan two for one hundred and thirty-six. So Australia need eight more wickets. Pakistan needs two hundred and fifteen more runs. Uh, Green and Lyon took the wickets in the opening session. Imam Ulhaq is 66 not out. Baba Azam unbeaten on 19. We'll touch base with the Cats next and then head over to the West just to work out how dire the predicament is, how many top-up players are required to field a team later in the weekend. This is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles, Australia's biggest. A sports news update for Roll. Eat good with Roll. It's fast, fresh Vietnamese. I'm Anna Pavlou with your sports news update for Old. Lance Franklin is just four goals away from reaching goal 1,000 and could do so tonight against Geelong at the SCG. Melbourne City coach Patrick Kisnorbo has blasted irrelevant criticism around the commitment of Socceroos forward Jamie McLaren after Australia's automatic World Cup qualification hopes ended on Thursday. Australia suffered a 2-0 loss to Japan in Sydney last night. Dramatic footage has surfaced of an ugly early morning confrontation involving NRL stars Nathan Brown and Jared Hayne on March 13, leaving a venue at 2am. And former Australian captain Ricky Ponting has been identified as the leading candidate to take over as head coach of the Australian men's cricket team. A sports news update for Roll. Fast, fresh Vietnamese. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. Bonds and Geelong at the SCG is brought to you by Bingley, Australian family owned for more than 65 years. Jared Waitley, Anthony Hudson, Dermot Burton and Jared Healy with you. We've just touched base with the Swans. Let's head into the Cats camp with Nigel Lappin. Nigel, great to have you on AFL Nation. Oh, nearly. We're nearly there. <laughs> it's just tantalising. You hear the mumbling in the background, but uh, we're not quite there. Just hey, while, while, you, while we get him to the line, Jared, who picks up big Tommy Hawkins, Paddy or Tom? 
I think it'll be Paddy Dermott, which leaves Tom for Radagalia and um, I think they're very interchangeable. We saw them interchange a bit last week, but uh, I reckon they're looking at Pat being the deepest forward and whilst Tom's been named at centre-half forward, there's a fair chance he's going to play in the yep. goal square. Yep. Jeremy Cameron is, uh, I guess, the other one and... We were discussing this beforehand. Cameron runs a lot of Ks. Even Tom Hawkins runs a fair few Ks now compared to what he used to. But I reckon Dane Rampey has got that more of the tank to, to deal with him. But yeah. so that'll be interesting to but see he's a how very they good, do. He's a very good goal square player as well, Rampey. He's mm. very trusted down there because he's such a good body player uh, as well as a, a player who can get on the bike and trail around. i got to say, they just look so much more solid down there with another big body. I mean... Yep. Uh, Lewis Malikin's been down there, and uh, he, he's been doing a job admirably for a while, but he's not as big. He's, you know, they've got another really big man. In fact, he's probably the biggest, Paddy McCartan, and uh, without question for me, he was the highlight out of the Swans' mm. first-round victory, just the fact that he got through. He looked comfortable. I've seen him two weeks in a row now. One was a... Uh, one was a Amy Community Series game, but uh, he looked really comfortable. He was up against a good player, and he's got a real challenge today. So he's yeah. going to learn a fair bit. He's played one AFL game as centre halfback yep. at fullback. Yep, and uh, he, he looks very natural. He to does what he's done so far, and he's a great kick. All right, we can head downstairs now. Nigel Lappin is with us from inside the Caps Cat Cats Camp. Uh, Nigel, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, what are we? An hour away from the siren. Are you prepared to tip your hand on Jeremy Cameron yet? Is he playing? Uh, look, he, he looks in really good nick in the change rooms. So I'd be very confident that he'll be out there. <laughs> Take a good steer. Nice. That's a win. <laughs> you, you didn't fly the uh, plane under 30,000 feet to make sure he was here uh, like your old coach did years ago, <laughs> did you? No, we didn't. We're not allowed to do that anymore, actually. But no, uh, we would have if we could. Yeah. You must be excited with the start. I mean, you're written off by a lot of people over the summer. You've turned up at the G against a... Uh, Pretty handy opposition, blowing them off the park by halftime. Uh, this looms as an exciting challenge to test the new game style again. Yeah, absolutely, and a ground to do that as well, Jared. So we know the way that they play. Um, they pride themselves on the contest as, as we do. Um, obviously, we were very good in the contest last week, and off the back of being good in the contest, we were able to get the ball into our forwards really quickly, and all the forwards were really dangerous, I thought, last week, whether they were tours or smalls. So it's going to be a real battle. Sydney, will be, we know they'll be good in there, and when they get their chances, they're really wanting to move the ball quick and direct. They've been doing that for the last 18 months, and they've been doing it really well, and they've got some firepower in their forward half as well. Nigel, can I, uh, Dermot here, can I ask you a, a morality question? If Jeremy's yep. sent out there, is he fair game? Because I'd imagine he's going to be pretty sore. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think he is, mate. I think you have to be if you go out there and play. And he's a pretty tough character. He, he will uh, know that he's probably going to... He is, uh, yeah. well, cert certainly be expecting it. Um, but he relishes that type of stuff anyway, and he thrives on that. So... Um, if he's out there, he'll be fully fit, mate. So if he get, if he cops a good whack, will he get through? I mean, a, a fair hip and shoulder, will he get through? Yeah, he definitely will. Um, or we hope he does anyway, because he's been tested with that this week. Um, yep. And he's come up really well. So the, the couple of sort of issues that he had, he had a little bit of bleeding into his quad that sort of held him up in the game last week. And, you know, the, the hip pointers, they can be... Um, uh, they're quite nasty for the first sort of 24 hours. So um, he's settled down really well and... We're pretty confident that if he cops a heavy knock, he'll be okay. We saw them on the strength of one game last week, but we saw the emergence of this group last year added to their star players that have been there a while. 
Is there anything different you see about the Swans in their methodology in the last week, especially on show? Not from the year before. Um, they probably just doubled down on that and, and they're able to do it better because their list is maturing. Um, some of their younger players, uh, they've got some fantastic players. So through the midfield, they've obviously changed their mix through the midfield and got some younger guys through there. Um, they can really get out and motor. So their ability to be able to spread away from a contest as good as, as any team in the competition. So we need to make sure that we're winning enough ball inside and getting it forward because if, if they're winning uh, more ball than us around the contest, then they're going to be really hard to stop. Which brings us, Nigel, to your methodology, and that was significantly different last week uh, to what we've seen over the last few years. A lot faster, a lot more territory, a lot less pinpointing. But can I ask you how it evolved? How do you go from last year's style to clearly the plan for this year's style if last week was any indication, 30% down on uh, uncontested marks, etc.? Did, did Chris walk in and say, this is what we're doing? Or did Chris walk into a meeting and say, OK, let's put chips on the table and come up with another way of playing to get the best out of your assets, as I've heard Chris talk about? Yeah, well, that's what you just said there. Is We had a, um, a really good conversation um, as coaches at the start of the pre-season, but Chris definitely had the idea in his head with the way that he wanted the club to go um, and, and play. It's not a big shift, you know, like there's still scenario-based. There's times where we want to be able to control the ball and, and, and the tempo of the game. But mm. when we get opportunities to where um, we're looking to be a little bit more direct, as you saw last week with the football, and just give our um, star players an opportunity, and, and the players will embrace that. If you think about last year, it was really difficult with our game style for our uh, running forwards to get involved especially, and it was really pleasing to see those guys all be dangerous last week and hit the scoreboard as well. So gives us a few more avenues to goal and, and a few more uh, few more weapons. But it, we also know on the on the flip side, we've always been a team that's prided ourselves on not getting scored on the turnover. Um, yep. Now, that's going to open us up a little bit more this year, but um, we're going to have to work on that and make sure we defend um, better behind our attack. So the centre bounce clearance reminds me of what it was in the 80s. Both sides are trying to win the ball. It changed through the 2000s where it seemed to me that some of the really influential coaches wanted you to make sure that they didn't win it before you attempted to win it. But it seems to have flipped. Everyone's going, Helder Skelter, let's get this thing out of there. Yeah, absolutely. Territory game is really important. And, I mean, as we know, like the particularly from centre bounces, it's the only time that you've got six forwards um, versus six defenders ahead. Most teams are, with a modern defence, are rolling defenders back from the open side of the ground to get back and try and get an extra number in defence. So it can be really difficult um, in general play to kick big scores. So if you, if you can get on top at the centre bounces and you're able to isolate some really talented forwards, which most, most teams have, it can be a real weapon for the teams. Now, Levo, is Digo still sending in the teams when they drop? Because <laughs> I've just got the AFL's site... I'm looking at it, and you, you're taking the mickey, mate. You've got Zach Guthrie named in the first ruck position. <laughs> what are you doing to us? I, what I are you doing to us? Is that Digo's work? Uh, oh, well, Digo's no longer at the club, Isn't unfortunately. He? He'd be, oh, he'd be home. This is the first year in 19 years that we haven't had Digger's. Um, God love him. We, we miss him dearly. But, no, mate, I can guarantee that he won't be starting in there. Who did that? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I can't, I can't answer that. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> hey, is it true? Is it true, nice that Jeremy Cameron uh, 
wasn't going to play, but you just showed him a clip of the 2003 grand final and said there's a punctured lung and a couple of broken ribs. <laughs> no, no, I was, uh, I was very fortunate to get through. I, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but I remember, and I'm going to pump him up while he's sitting there next to you, like the day that I got hit, I got hit in the prelim final and I couldn't go back on. How Dermy played the rest of the game and played as well as he did. I love it. It's um, not it's that hard, impressive. mate, is it? Just tell him it's not that hard. <laughs> Oh, I try to be modest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, forget that. <laughs> no, it's uh, great to have you there. Oh, who plays on Buddy, incidentally? Oh, great question. Um, Jack Henry, I think, uh, will have first crack at him. But we've obviously got um, a number of guys that can play through him if we need to. And like most teams, we'll play a collective team defence. It depends a little bit on where he plays. But most likely, Jack will start on him. And as I said, we've got Mark Litzavs and, and Collar back there that can both play on him if need be. Terrific. Good on you, Nige. Thanks a lot. Yep, good luck. Thanks, guys. Nigel Lappin from the Cats camp. This is the AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles, Australia's biggest. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. Australian family owned for more than 65 years. The round began last night when Carlton beat the Bulldogs by 12 points. Tonight at the SCG, Sydney and Geelong and Buddy Franklin resumes on 996 goals. There are issues right across the football landscape, not the least of which is in Perth, where they're struggling to put a team on the field for the game against North Melbourne. So we're about to head over there and just learn how how ravaged they are by COVID. As we know that the, the AFLW final series was put on hold for a week because Collingwood wouldn't have been able to put a team out on the field. But prior to that, uh, the, the women just had to find their way and the AFL was absolutely steadfast. Play on. Derm, play on no play matter on. what. You get your players wherever you can and and, uh, and get them into the jumper. Yeah, yeah, we, we know they're going to go down that path, aren't they? They want to keep this, keep rolling, keep continuing. What do they call it, Jared? Uh, 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 agile. The remain agile. Gee, that had a different meaning when I was wearing footy shorts and boots. <laughs> Yes, there's one thing being able to get the numbers together for a team. It's a whole other thing trying to measure the uh, the quality of it. And we, we saw that during the BBL season. Um, you know, grab players from the local comps mm. to stack your numbers, but teams were uncompetitive once they got there. Yeah, yeah, we, we saw that. It, I think there's a bigger disparity in cricket, but the main disparity with, with football is knowing and learning the team's rules and plans. If, you, if, you, if you're caught flat-footed and you're coming in and you're playing with the Eagles tonight and you've never been on a training pitch with them, you, I mean, we see, we've seen in the past Luke Hodge point at players and he'll say, no, not there in the zone, there. And he'll point to a spot one and a half metres away and the ball's yet to be kicked in. So it is that fine, the, the, the margins in playing league football. So that being the case, term from a North Melbourne point of view, how would David Noble go about this if, if he recognised the Eagles have got you know, 10 or 12 players who may not know the, the system to, to that normal degree? Does it, do they just play the way they normally would or do they, do they change things? Well, in the words of David Noble, he, he's trying to, what did he call it? Sustenance. It's a nice sustenance, you know, when they get a win. He'd be looking at trying to get wins so his players feel good about themselves. They will play the way 
they believe. They won't be prepared for wild card plays. They, they won't take that into account. They'll play their best game and they'll try and bank a win. And you're going to be honest here. They, they know that their list is probably at this stage of the revolution is going to be in the bottom four. So they want to try and give that sustenance. They want to try and give that feel-good aspect to their players to say, hey, we can match it. We can put put scores on the board. We can get four points here and there. And that will keep us going as we go through this evolution. So he'll be he'll see this as a godsend and a real chance to bang on a, a nice score and his players walk off and sing the song. How are we to feel about these games, do you reckon? Each to their own. Um, I'm going to try and put myself in the in the shoes of a player. I'd, I'd feel like there, there was an old saying Alan Jeans used to say. He said, fill your boots. Yep. If you can come away with... You might average 14 possessions and a goal and a half a game. If you can come away with 18 or 19 and kick four, fill your boots. Yeah, plump it up. Yeah, yeah. D- don't give a sucker an even break. Um, yeah. But what about more broadly, Derm, for the rest of us, for the for the other teams and the fans and, and footy in general? Hutto, as I get older, I've got a little bit more sympathy and, and empathy for those that have been brushed aside over the years. Uh, we want to see – this is a product. We, we go to the football because it's a theatre to most of us, you know, who love our teams. It's a theatre. We want a release from our life. We want to go to the football and see a contest. We, we want to be sitting on the edge of our seat and say, wow, did you see that piece of play? We want to see nail biter. Some of us don't. We want to see a whitewash, but we want to see the, the things that bring us back next time. You want to see your team win and you want the theatre. This is probably, you're probably going to feel robbed in a, in a certain way, but we are living in times where we've been robbed of so much, we're probably going to have to pick this up and run with it as as humans, as a society. It, it, it is, it's interesting. So one or two? I reckon we'll absorb easily enough that the fans of those particular teams will feel aggrieved. Yeah, they will. Six or eight, but if we got to 10 or 12 and teams were affected for three or four of those and materially what it does to a team. So there is a margin for error across 22 games that you play. If there's one or two, you just absorb that. But if we did get teams who were afflicted for a stretch... Particularly if they were top teams and it was going to affect... Well, That's hard. Yeah, That's a great point. If I can just interject there. I was thinking, what would happen if you were a team which had loaded up for the now? Pick, a, pick whichever team you think is in that case. Loaded up for the now to win a premiership. This is your window. And you are ravaged by this. And it puts you by... Game eight, you've had four times where you cannot field a competitive team. You're probably going out there and saying to yourself, right, we need to win 11 out of the last 14 to make the final. That's going to be tough. How does that sit with them? Does... I mean, even as a professional, you still have to feel, run out onto the ground and feel like you believe you have a chance to succeed. That's going to mentally hurt a lot of players who've been on the, on the Napoleonic campaign. They've been yeah. in a lot of battles. And it's hard to come up when you are 
so close to the end of that 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 warlike campaign to say I have the want to fight right through this. That's that's going to be difficult. We know that. So it's interesting that the. We follow the AFL with such a verve that these things will all be heightened. But we know that in the BBL, the Melbourne Stars ended up missing the finals on yep. the back of the two games where they played a pub team. They, they just <laughs> weren't players and nine of their 11 were fill-ins. And if though they had one game delayed and then they had to play two with a shadow team and they were, they were on the cusp of the finals and they missed because of those. So... In the NFL, it was sort of absorbed on a one-week basis. There was, I think it was the Broncos who had to play without a quarterback. They just didn't have a quarterback left. To, so just go out and play with whoever you've got. It, I'm just interested to see if it does, does become a spate rather than just a one-off here and there, whether we, uh, whether as a footy community we arc up and go, no, we're actually not prepared to wear that, that level of disruption. So let's head west and just get a picture of exactly what it's like. Gavin Bell is the, the West Coast footy manager. Gavin, great to have you on AFL Nation. Thank you, Jared. Thanks for having me. How are you going rustling up a team to meet the, a deadline that's about 80 minutes away? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting afternoon, that's for sure. We uh, we've done a fair bit of work uh, in preparation with our COVID contingency list players, and um, and unfortunately, um, yeah, it came to, to light this morning that we had quite a number of guys have to be placed in the health and safety protocols. So, yeah, it's been a busy day trying to trying to finalise everything, and uh, like you said, we've got about. 90 minutes, I suppose, to uh, to get everything to get everything in order and ready to submit to the AFL. Without making light of the situation too much, Gavin, have you been ringing the players, or have they been ringing you saying, oh, "I'm ready, I'll, I'll go in"? <laughs> no, look, they we've had a few train with us last week. We obviously had um, Declan Mountford was named in our emergencies last week, so we had we activated three guys last week due to the um, due to the health and safety protocols and our and our injury list. So. Uh, we had met a couple of the guys, and um, and now it's just making our way through. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting situation where we'll meet some of these guys um, firsthand probably tomorrow morning when we get ready to fly out. Gavin, so, what is? Yeah, are you tipping go. your hand on numbers, Gavin? So how many primary, uh, how many of your your primary list are in the the health and safety protocols, and how many top ups are you likely to need? Uh, at this stage, we're likely to have uh, four COVID contingency list players play. Um, that's what it's looking like at the moment. Currently, we're in and around 12 to 13 guys in the health and safety protocols. And uh, given the real spike this morning, um, our, our concern is obviously, um, you know, what happens, we'll test again tonight and then we'll test again tomorrow morning. Um, if we lose players in that sort of time frame, we have a, an 8.30 flight out tomorrow morning. So... Um, we're just doing the very best we can to have our contingencies in place as well as our, our, our contingency list in place as well. Gavin, you'd obviously been in touch with the, uh, at the um, government level, the modellers, and given that you were shielded as a state by, by this so much, it looks like it's really starting to flush through. What's their prediction beyond this weekend for not just your numbers but the reflection, the percentage-wise numbers of the population which will filter through to you guys? Yeah, well, by all accounts, um, yeah, we're, we're heading into the peak period right now. And I guess for us in Western Australia, we, we just haven't had to go through what you guys have gone through on the eastern seaboard. Um, 
it's it's very foreign to us. We've had a few cases, and then the state's been shut down um, at times when when it sort of entered into the state over the last couple of years. But this is all very new for us. Um, the announcement yesterday was that we are in and around the peak period of time now, um, but also acknowledging I think it is next week um, they're looking at lowering some of the restrictions and. Um, the Premier, I think, announced that it was sort of aiming for a 75% crowd for the um, for the Derby. That was my understanding of what was said yesterday. And um, yeah, we it's just it's just such a strange situation for us, knowing what you guys have all been through for a number of years, and we've been very protected and sheltered from it over here in the West. And any um, of those players appearing to be 100% healthy, but they've just tested positive. Uh, I think majority have got signs uh, or got symptoms, I should say, um, yep. by all accounts. We, we did do a PCR last night just to um, make sure that we were really diligent with our with our processes and yep. um, to ensure that anything was picked up. Um, we, we obviously had the challenge too that if we hadn't uh, go through a rigorous uh, testing regime that we could get over there and someone could test positive and then they have to stay so um, and, and isolate in Melbourne by themselves so that, that's not an ideal situation either so we're doing everything we can to make sure the people we put on the plane staff and players um, are as healthy and as fit as they can be and um, ready to give a good showing for uh, the West Coast Eagles footy club so, Gavin, you, you are the guinea pigs here. Just in the conversations, any thoughts of postponement or were you told straight up that, that, that forging on is forging on? Yeah, I mean, I guess right from the beginning when this concept was floated, we, we understood that um, there have to be exceptional circumstances for the games to be uh, called off or postponed. Um, Brad Scott and his team and Andrew Dillon and Matt Blifo and uh, Laura Kane were very very specific with the fact that the games are going to carry on. So it, it doesn't come as a surprise with us, to us. Um, Trevor Nisbet and myself met with them this morning and, um, you know, at this stage it's, it's carry on and uh, prepare to play, give some guys an opportunity to play AFL football that they may have thought of either passed them by or that they weren't expecting. And uh, we'll also get to debut a couple of our kids that, again, we're probably, uh, we were thinking maybe 2023, 2024, but... Um, you know they're going to play, they're going to play this weekend at this stage. Is there any scenario as the night unfolds or first thing tomorrow morning where you mightn't be able to get a full squad here? I, I guess that's a possibility. Um, we we have named the twenty. We have picked our twenty COVID contingency list players, um, of which because of the situation of our state, five um, are actually out with uh, COVID related um, issues themselves. So. Uh, we have 15 to pick from. Um, like I said, we've got uh, 12 to 13 guys in the protocols. We've got about nine or 10 guys injured. So we, we are getting low. There's no doubt about it. So, you know, we're hopeful that um, we can get on the plane uh, with, a, with a full squad and some extra emergencies just in case and, and give a good showing against the Roos on um, Sunday. Who out of your coaches would be the best uh, person to come into the team if needed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I reckon Tim Jepp would like to think he is, uh, <laughs> true, but uh, he, he would be very good on the lip. There's no doubt about that. I think. Uh, uh, look, uh, we'd probably go towards our development coaches. I think we'd have to go for Cole Horsley and Jacob Brennan and so on to uh, to come in. But um, in terms of footy smarts, the senior coach would would no doubt give a good showing of himself. Yeah, I bet he would. And so just as we close, Gavin, where does the idea of winning the game sit in all of this while you 
I imagine manically have, have worked through the past 36 hours or so? Oh, look, as soon as we have uh, submit our team tomorrow and then we'll do our checks and balances with our rat testing and so on, uh, we're, we're coming over to give a really good showing of ourselves. We've got an opportunity to um, give some guys an experience that they weren't expecting. Um, Simo earlier said some, some of these guys are going to have the greatest weekend of their life. They're going to run onto Marvel Stadium, play for West Coast and play in an AFL game. So there's a lot of excitement. Um, we, we just expect everyone to bring a great attitude and great effort and, um, yeah, we'll get, hopefully give a great showing of ourselves and of our footy club. Gavin, uh, great of you to take the call. Good, good luck over the next little bit. Uh, yeah, you still might need a little bit of luck, so I reckon you deserve a bit. Thanks very much, guys. Good luck. All the best. Gavin Bell, the footy manager at West Coast. So that's, that is one part of it, Dern. Wow. There'll be a handful of players who are about to pick up a story to carry through the rest of their lives. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the first time we hear a commentator mention Rocky Balboa in in our commentary because we might find one. He might stay all the way through. He might reignite a career that yeah. was went off in the wrong direction at some stage and this is all he needs. Let's keep our fingers crossed. I think Dwayno uh, is calling that game term for he is? so I'm expecting him to know about the whole story about all these players. <laughs> God, even a quarter of the Top-ups are positive, yeah. so wow. uh, she's pretty desperate times, clearly, for the Eagles at the moment. The Hyundai Staria Load is the van that is big on safety and big on tech. It's the only commercial van to receive five-star rating and platinum awards for safety from ANCAP. And now it's yours from 47990 Drive Away. Take a tech drive today. We've watched both teams go through their warm-ups. A couple of the other issues on the footy landscape next, and then we'll zero right in on the Sydney but, Swans but at Geelong. But he's lining up. He's 60 metres out from goal. <laughs> he's on his favourite side. He's coming up to the 50 from the paint. It starts right, and it's... Oh, it stayed there. It's a point. And hundreds <laughs> of people have left the fence and just storming the ground, completely unaware that he's missed. This is AFL Nation, the pregame show for Beaumont Tiles, Australia's biggest. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. CG, Jared Healy coming back to the box. He's been part of the, the formalities here for the Swans on what is a huge night for the club and a big crowd expected. The first time that a game's been, an AFL game has been played here since June last year and the evacuation that took place in Sydney. So a few more minutes with Dermot Burton before we settle right in. Derm, just an eye toward Essendon, St Kilda and Richmond. The three teams who I imagine in their own minds would have been jilted by their own performances and yeah. how you go about putting that back together. Yeah, the first thing I say, I think round one can almost be termed over reaction round each year. Everybody suddenly is about to fall off the face of the earth when they lose poorly in round one. They're all going to be okay. St Kilda had their chances to win that game. They didn't. They... they, they fluffed a couple of lines and the likes and there were some things that they did wrong but they had their chances that's you know for a lot of those types of players I mean the Higgins uh, kick to the the one-on-one at the top of the goal square I mean 19 times out of 99 times out of 100 that's a give to the teammate on the other side Gresham who runs into 15 and cannot miss so that's just time in the seat a bit flustered a bit rushed 
those types of things will iron themselves out. You just hope it doesn't take too long. Uh, Essendon, the one concern I had for Essendon, I think they're headed in the right direction. Their key forwards need time. Their best avenue to goal is a midfielder who pushes forward and doesn't really command the ball overhead uh, in Stringer. He's a good player. He wasn't there. So things are going to go wrong when you're still on the journey to getting the team you want. And then when you've got that team, they have to solidify themselves and the way they want to play. They're still not... They still don't have exactly the team the way they want it. So we'll see them them rise as well. So, oh, look, I, I was – yeah, those those two especially um, – and, and who was the third one? You, the you, Tigers. The Tigers. I'm not all that worried about the Tigers. They need a bit more proof at the moment. I mean, Dusty out's going to hurt them, but uh, – I've actually tipped the Giants against them. I think the Giants are a little bit better than most people would believe. Maybe Hutto's having a little smile there. He probably thinks... No, that, yeah. well, I know you're in love with everything the Giants do because They're about 10 years ago you, you played... You are an assistant coach there, but... They're a good uh, organisation. But I am yeah. big on the Tigers, though. I think that they, they do have still the one... I still see them a lot in the eyes of a 1991 Hawthorne. I think they can load again. If a couple of things go right, I still think they can get to the sharp end of the season. I, I kind of felt last week that most teams played it safe at selection and didn't pick the guys that were a little bit 50-50. I reckon Richmond probably picked two or three. So may, maybe they'll be better for the run. Better for the run, yes. Not better without Dusty, though, no, as that's definitely out. not. Uh, Dermot, great to have you with us on a Friday Thank you, night. Thank you very much. Thank Look you, Hutto and Gerald. Yes, sir. we'll you, uh, chew it all over in the aftermath on crunch time tomorrow. Uh, in the cricket, two for 136 Pakistan. So that's the lunch break. Yeah, Australia need eight more wickets. Pakistan, 215 more runs. So we'll keep tabs there during the night. Who you got there, Jared? Uh, I still think Australia will win. Um, yeah, I still think they'll just progressively pick their way. And with a long tail, is if they can get to five down with reasonable time, I think they'll get the rest of the way. Jared Healy coming back in to join us. A huge night here in Sydney. The Swans and the Cats, the two best winners out of round one, and Lance Franklin on 996 goals. This is the pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles, Australia's best on AFL Nation. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now. An evening of great expectations. We're at the SCG Friday night footy, the Sydney Swans and Geelong, with every eye to be focused on Buddy Franklin, who picks things up on 996 career goals. AFL Nation for Red Energy, move with Red Energy and Regional Development Victoria. Jared Waitley and Anthony Hudson. Jared Healy, what is it like out there? What's the vibe like? Well, the vibe is ex- exciting. It's one word for it. It's vibrant. They're just pouring in. I was trying to go down an elevator, but two elevators were going north. I was trying to go south. It didn't work. I ended up having to go on the stairs. But there's just this incredible air of expectation. It's You'd have to say it's final-esque. Um, and there's just so many people. I'd be surprised if we're not calling this ultimately, you know, a 45-plus thousand, thousand crowd. 
I'm not sure what Full House is. It's just over 50 for memory, but uh, it was pretty tough getting tickets, and I did try and get a couple, but uh, <laughs> it was pretty tough getting tickets. Everybody wants to be here when Buddy kicks his thousandth goal. I'm just watching Channel 7. It's been a Buddy fest, and it just brings me back to how you two blokes are going to handle this uh, situation. Whether or not it's going to end up like this when Buddy kicked 100 goals in 2008, Hutto. That nicely, and the Hawks going to attack. Dishes off to Rioli. Rioli shorts it. Here's the moment. Franklin's got it. And a beautiful Anthony Hudson handball too. It was too. <laughs> so will we see a generous handball from Hutto, or has Hutto learned his lesson and uh, <laughs> becomes a selfish player when he's around the goals? Hutto? Well, it probably depends on whether I've got something that I've got to say or not by that moment, Jared. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be very unselfish and hand it back over to Jared. <laughs> It'll be if he gets to nine ninety nine with a long period to play yeah. in the game. It's going to put a real edge on mm. everything, and um, not the least of which, if it happens to be a thriller as well, you'll have these dual purposes going. Yep, yep. I reckon there'd be uh, a lot of people just tuning in just to see it, but the footy analysts will be wanting to know who's going to play on him. Tom Lonigan will be thrilled he's retired. <laughs> Hello to you, Tom, if you're, uh, you're, not, you're, you're listening in. But you'd reckon it could well be the steeplechaser. Uh, well, Nigel Lappin, as you left, indicated that Jack Henry is likely Jack to get Henry. first. Jack Henry, OK. Well, this is interesting. What a, what a challenge for a young bloke who yeah. uh, continues to improve as a player. What's the most anticlimactic way he could, he could get the thousand? Handball over the top. 50-metre penalty for abuse, maybe? What about double goal? Double goal would be so a he kicks a goal and then a Geelong player something undisciplined and they just go have another kick in the goal score. <laughs> <There> it is. <laughs> Ultimately, I'm not sure you can have an anticlimactic no. time because it's the number. Whilst I've counted around, there's 15 security guards. There's there's 30 meters of space for every security guard. So if everybody just jumps over at the one time, the security guards are borderline useless, and it's going to be a massive invasion. I suspect. It'll be done in the right spirit. I can't see there being a problem. It's just such a, it's it's a, it's a moment that has just got a beauty about it that everybody's feeling great about. Yeah. So I can't see there being any sort of negative to this. Can you? No. Are you an anti-invasion? No. 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 Absolutely not. Hello. No. No. Definitely not. Okay. Let's say we're barracking for the invasion. We are. There's we some are. Gra- oh, the Stevie Baker's dad one. I mean, I was there <laughs> that night, in, yeah. and I mean that was that was a final. So. You can understand that they got upset, got uh, upset about that, the Saints. But uh, they, there was Greg Ritchie charging on for Steve Wars century in the West Indies. What the hell are you doing here, Fat Cat? <laughs> fat Cat. Okay. Uh, given the Dermot's cooked him uh, for not being able to take a high mark, it would be ironic <laughs> if he climbed over the back of the pack and took one of the few pack marks he's taken in his career. Uh, it's, it has the prospect of being such a fun night ahead of us. So before we get to the match preview, let's get a sports bet update followed by a news update. A sports news update for Roll. Eat good with Roll. It's fast, fresh Vietnamese. I'm Anna Pavlou with your sports news update for Roll. First year AFL player Oscar Adams has been suspended following an investigation into his car accident. The 18-year-old St Kilda Ruckman key defender was over the legal blood alcohol limit when he crashed his vehicle on February 5. West Coast coach Adam Simpson has confirmed 12 players from last week's game will be unavailable for round two after entering the AFL's health and safety protocols, saying his club has been decimated by COVID. 
Lance Franklin is just four goals away from reaching goal 1,000 and could do so tonight against Geelong at the SCG. And in the NRL, Newcastle have ruled fullback Carlin Ponga out of Saturday's clash with reigning Premier's Penrith. Ponga missed last week's victory over the West Tigers with a knee complaint and won't be risked this week. A sports news update for Roll. Fast, fresh Vietnamese. The Cats are first out onto the SCG tonight. Both sides are as selected. Quentin Narkel is the medical sub for the Cats and Angus Shildrick is that for the Swans. Uh, thanks to Sportsbet, gamble responsibly 1-800-858-858. The warm-up's about to begin for Reem in Stolareen, Australia's favourite hot water. In Pakistan, two for 142. Uh, 209 runs required for the home side, eight wickets required for Australia. That's in the second session of play. And Hutto, do you want to run us through the changes for the remainder of the round and then we will delve into the preview and set you up. The Swans banner home is where the heart is. We love playing here. The red and white unite tonight. Let's hear it. Cheer and cheer. It's June when last footy was played on this ground. That's when the, the evacuation of Sydney took place from an AFL perspective. Well, I'll come back if we get time to the Saturday games. And obviously, we don't know the situation with the West Coast Eagles. They play North Melbourne. Uh, and uh, the Kangaroos have added Aidan Bonner, Paul Curtis, who's going to make his debut, Kyron Hayden, Jared Pollock, and Josh Walker. Uh, so their, their final team hasn't been announced either at this stage because uh, they're playing in the same match as the West Coast Eagles. So Mackay and Stevenson are the only two that are out at this stage. So they get the luxury of a little bit more time. The significant outs, the big story from Sunday, as we alluded to before, is Richmond. Thompson Dow, Camden McIntosh and Matthew Parker are in. Out, Jake Arts omitted. Dustin Martin, for personal reasons, uh, and Dion Prestia and Jack Revolt injured. So they are three massive outs, really, as far as the Tigers are concerned. Nick Haynes and Jesse Hogan strengthen the Giants team. Jacob Hopper has been managed. Lockie Keefe has been omitted and Matt DeBoer also admitted at the moment for the Tigers and the Giants. So, Jared, who, you, who do you... Who you I go, think the Giants are now good things. They just look uh, really good. They've lost Hopper, as you said, but uh, they were stiffed up to lose last week. Look really good. And uh, the other game on Sunday, Sunday night, is Fremantle and St Kilda. James A, Sean Darcy and Joel Hamling coming in as the Swans, with Dan Rampey in front, lead uh, leads his team out onto the ground here. Bit of fireworks. They've had, uh, what... Nine months or so saved up of fireworks and they can unleash a few of them out there tonight as the Swans hit the SCG. Uh, Brennan Cox is part of the health and safety protocol. Liam Henry omitted. David Mundy health and safety protocol. And Josh Tracy has been omitted from uh, that uh, Fremantle lineup. Uh, Dara Joyce and Jared Leanett come into the St Kilda team for Dougal Howard, Dean Kent and Mitch Owens who have been omitted. So what, what about the Freo and the Saints? Jared, you saw Fremantle firsthand last week. Well, Fremantle much more impressive than St Kilda, but I'm really surprised at those omissions. Clearly, Brennan Cox uh, is a player that uh, they'd love to have him, but he can't be there. But uh, Tracy was, a, you know, it was round one. I, I reckon it's too early to be dropping blokes after a round one effort. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't lethargic or anything, just didn't fall his way. But uh, nevertheless, I'll be going for the home side there. Saints need to find something. It'd, uh, if they could go to 50% one-on-one, they'd be thrilled. Quick thoughts on Saturday. Collingwood, impressive first up. The Adelaide Crows, impressive to a degree, but, yeah. but fell short after coming back in the second half. Well, the Crows played about uh, 
45 minutes. They played have played 46 good minutes. They would have won the game. They didn't. And they uh, they threw away, what was it, a 15-point lead uh, with about 10 minutes of play remaining. It's quite extraordinary. Fremantle are really impressive. Then they fell away badly. They get their uh, big Ruckman back in, no five. You'd, you'd still go with Fremantle, but uh, that's a toss of the coin as well. Essendon and Brisbane. Uh, can the Bombers sorry, bounce? Sorry, Collingwood. Yeah, yeah. Collingwood. Yeah. Can, can they bounce back to actually win Essendon at home against Brisbane? Or do you think the Lions will show their, uh, their superiority? Well, they were pretty d- disappointing last week, the Lions. So it's, it's hard to see them losing, but uh, they'd want to play better than last week. Port were also disappointing last week and actually lost. They play Hawthorne. Probably, not, uh, probably a softer landing for them potentially. Yeah, but once again, they've got some big outs. And, you know, Hawthorne, they get some ins. They, they probably lose, but, gee, they'll be competitive. In the end, it could have been worse for Port, couldn't it, in terms of the injuries than what it turned out to be. The Suns were good, but they, they'll be tested against Melbourne yeah. significantly. Well, it's all about how competitive they are. I think that's uh, if they get a competitive loss, they'll be thrilled. They get blown off the park. Uh, then we start the question last week's form against a, you know, a really depleted West Coast. All right, they're the, they're the games uh, to look forward to this weekend. The Hyundai Staria Load is the van that is big on safety and big on tech. It's the only commercial van to receive five-star rating and platinum awards for safety from ANCAP. And now it's yours. From 47990 Drive Away, take a tech drive today. Let's go into the garage for our match preview thanks to Autobahn. Autobahn has all your top automotive gear at low prices. Jared Healy, give us a few thoughts and we'll bounce them around. Well, I'm thrilled that Geelong have changed their style. I'll be interested to see just how much it uh, continues to play that territory game where they're just basically going forward hard, particularly out of the middle of the ground and, and getting it into Tom Hawkins and uh, Cameron if, if he's there, which we believe he will be. I'll be interested to see how slow they go when the Swans push up because ultimately they weren't put under too much defensive pressure last week at the MCG. So they're a watch in case, but quite clearly there's been a big change of directive. Kick it long, get some territory, get it in quickly. Let's uh, work on our strengths. Let's not worry too much about uh, the weaknesses of shoring up the back line in case we turn it over. And uh, footy and Geelong, I think, are much better forward. We know a lot about Sydney. They're a, they're a rejuvenated side. They play a really good brand of football. They're fast pinpoint passes. They're good out of the centre of the ground. They've got a dangerous forward line, although it's probably a little bit inexperienced at the present time, and Luke Parker's had to bail out the ship a number of times there. I think the one thing we need to keep in mind with Sydney, as much as they've been excited and, you know, they played unbelievably good footy for a long period last week, last year, is that they've got 11 kids or players, 23 years of age or under, and there's only two that are 23. So they've got a vast majority of their squad are in their first, second, third or fourth year. So and they're kids. They shouldn't be tired at any stage uh, in this early part of the season, but they have taken all before them. So this is going to be a real test. Geelong have got a couple of young blokes in, but it's a more experienced player. And they've got a couple of uh, serious players up in that forward line. So we've got one bloke who's played one game at fullback, in Paddy McCartan up against one of the uh, all-time great full forwards. And, you know, that battle may decide it. At the other end of the ground, you've got Blitzarves against Buddy. That may decide it. Or more likely, it'll be decided in the middle. And in some ways, I reckon, Jared, the Swans bat deeper. You've got Hickey versus Stanley in the rucks. Then it's Mills, Florent, Kennedy, 
Heaney, Stevens, Parker, Rowbottom, Warner and Sheldrick off the bench if he wants to, that can roll through the middle. And for Geelong, you've got Stanley Dangerfield, Guthrie. You've got Selwood off a half-forward flank. And that may be the matchup. Uh, two old blokes, uh, Selwood versus <laughs> Kennedy across the half-back line. I, I think that would be interesting. Parford was excellent. You've got Holmes coming through. But they don't bat quite as deeply in that uh, middle. I mean, they have wings that stay on the wing, whereas the Swans have wings like Stevens, who they've promised will play midfield. So, you know, maybe they've got eight cylinders that they can rely on there where Geelong have only got six. But when one of them is Paddy Dangerfield and he's in the form that he showed last week, then that uh, equates to a couple of extra cylinders. It does, it does. The warm-up's happening for Ream. Ask your plumber to install a Ream steady, hot and strong. And the AFL Nation team will be calling every game this weekend and you can watch every game as well. That's on KO Sports, your team, every game, every round on KO Sports. I tell you what, when Jared went and spoke so brilliantly at the chairman's dinner tonight, he looked resplendent in Ringers Western, Ringers Western clothing, looks great in the city, and it toughs it out on the land. So he was able to go, come from the paddocks, head into Bronte and have a coffee this morning, and then just change up the, into the d- different Ringers outfit and look magnificent. They yeah. did comment about the Ringers outfit, actually. They said, we've never seen you looking so resplendent. <laughs> nice. Our Lions got Imam Ulhaq, so that's the... Three down now. The breakthrough straight after lunch. Baba Azam and Fawad Alam out there. Three for 146. Nathan Lyons got two. Uh, Ollie Florence game last week. So I think we've been waiting to see what is he going to become. And didn't he become something out of the middle last week? Best game I've seen him play. You know, he's he's got a big reputation, Ollie. And I've had this debate with Scoot McClure for a fair period of time. He's... You know, he thinks he's a very good player at the present time. I think he's had very good games, but he's had one finish in the top ten in the best and fairest. That's not a very good player. That's a kid still showing promise, and, and that's what happens when you're 22 or 23. But now at 24, now's the time for him really to start playing like he's a serious player, and that's the sort of game he played last week. He looks like he's put on some muscle. He used that muscle. He kicked with more... Uh, accuracy. I really liked his game and uh, if he can do that on a regular basis, he should finish in the top five in the best and fairest and and that's not easy in this team. Kennedy's move to half back, so this is the modern move of the ageing midfielder. It might not be for everybody though. He looked excellent in the pre-season, but just not quite as set last week. Modern day retirement village. (laughs) Selwood's down, uh, Selwood's on the other end of the ground. We've got Pendlebury down there. Um, but even Collingwood put penalty into the middle in the last quarter. Indeed when he did. And line. I'd be surprised, given how much of a bullocking midfield that uh, the Cats have got, that he doesn't do a little bit of work. He wasn't comfortable there last week. He turned the ball over more than I've seen him turn it over, um, which may have meant he was a bit uncomfortable. It might have meant he just had a bad game uh, in his first game across the half-back line. But that is certainly a watch. Um, Selwood's a watch. He was good last week, playing more of a half-forward line role, but he can go into the middle. And I reckon he's probably going to have to go through the middle for a period just to because of the, the weight and numbers. But Chad Warner as a kid, I think, is an outstanding prospect. He, he fell uh, foul to injury late last year, so he didn't get uh, through to the finals. He's 20 years of age, Jared. He's a kid that could be anything. He's got a brother here, but uh, this kid will play inside mid. But he's fast. He's got incredible skills. Um, he's one to keep an eye on. And I think the the promise to Stevens, who was thinking about going back to Adelaide at the end of last year, was he's going to play midfield minutes. 
I thought he was pretty good last week. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't a star, but he, he can float over to the wing where he played last week. But he looks a different unit to me this year, playing through the middle of the ground. The one I'm interested in most is is Logan McDonald. He's a kid that they have pictured. They, you know, Logan McDonald is Buddy Franklin in five years' time. He's the replacement. Whether they can continue to play McLean and McDonald and Buddy in the same forward line is debatable. There are other options uh, when they're ready and able to come in. But Logan McDonald doesn't get much of the footy, but, gee, when he gets it, he looks impressive. Let's consult the Kubota cast for Kubota together. We are shaping and building Australia. It is 21 degrees in Sydney tonight. There's uh, some chance of rain in the next hour. But beyond that, the forecast is better than it looked like it was going to be. Kubota shaping and building Australia. And the ground is in beautiful nick for the first AFL game here since June for Pope. The better way to water Pope's drip ease makes drip irrigation a breeze. Can I ask you, as uh, two guys who've followed you along all your lives, are you pleased with this decision to go a different method? Oh, I'm thrilled, but we have to. We need to see it over more than one week. But yeah, it's they've been a hard watch at times over the last few yep. years. Yeah, they've been a tough game to uh, tough team to to watch. Uh, a little bit laborious, but. Um, They've been close for a long time. Unmissable moments the whole night might be unmissable for Drinkwise. Choose to Drinkwise. You won't miss a moment if you drink wise. That's all for Autobahn. Top gear, low prices. Dane Rampey won the toss. The Swans will kick to the Randwick end to the right as we look at it. And Lance Franklin starts in the goal square with Jack Henry as his marksman. So the final word from Jared Healy for Shawl Unify, your national uniform and workwear experts. Who wins, Jared? I think that... Uh now that it's dry, I'm confident with the Swans tip. If it had been wet, I would have gone to Geelong. But ultimately, this is about the contested ball multiplied by the accuracy. The opening bounce is coming for tyre power. Save on Kumo, store-wide, super sale. Now on AFL Nation on a Friday night, a loaded Friday night. The Swans and the Cats. And Buddy is alone in the goal square. Everybody else is up on the forward line. So this is... Just get it, kick it long, let Buddy do his thing. You're with Anthony Hudson. Henry is his opponent. Sava Radigalia has the number one rock job again for the Cats. He's up against Tom Hickey. Friday night footy, will it be Buddy's big night? We'll find out soon. It begins with a ruck infringement. and a. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.